Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. So today we are starting a new series, all right? And this series is called, I Choose Joy. Say it with me, I choose joy. Now let's say like you believe it, I choose joy. All right, we're going to dive into that. All right, I choose joy. I choose joy. We're going to be talking about the importance of having joy in our lives. As sons and daughters of God, I want to tell you that this is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit that we should have in our lives. The gift of or the fruit of joy. But nowadays, I see so many Christians that do not have joy. I see so many Christians that are being oppressed by the circumstances and the situations that are, that are around us. And we let all the different news of everything that's going on affect us to the point that a lot of times as Christians, we really don't make a difference where we're at because we are under the same influence as everybody else. But when I read the Bible and when I read the scripture, I see something completely different. I see people that were going through such hard times, and even in the midst of the hard times that they were going through, they still kept their joy. Say with me, joy. Oh, we're going to be talking about joy today. And you could probably come here and tell me, Pastor, how are we going to have joy? Look at all the things that are happening. Look at this storm that just went through the west coast of Florida and all the destruction that, that just happened there and all the people that lost their homes or people that lost their lives. How are we going to have joy, Pastor, in the midst of all this? And in the end of the service today, I'm going to speak to you a little bit about everything, you know, that we're going to be doing as a church, you know, to help out in the midst of all the things that are going on in the West Coast of Florida right now. But I want to tell you that as believers, we are called, listen to this, to choose joy, whatever happens. We're called to choose joy no matter what happens. And the title of my message today of this new series, I Choose Joy, the title of my message today is Joy No Matter What. Joy No Matter What. And for this series, we're going to be diving into the book of Philippians in the Bible. The book of Philippians, okay, we're going to do a study. Every week we're going to be looking at a, a different chapter in the book of Philippians. And in the book of Philippians, is something so amazing because it's penned or it was written by the Apostle Paul. Now, something very interesting about, about, about this church of Philippi, okay, because it's written to the church, okay, for, for the Philippians, not the Filipinos, all right? Philippians, all right? This church of Philippi was the first church in Europe. All the other churches, all right, along the Mediterranean, they were still in Asia Minor, what they used to call it back then. But this is the first European church. And Paul was so excited about what was going on in this church, about, about the people that were there. And it's so amazing because Paul starts this church coming out of jail. And if you want to read this story, you actually find it in the book of Acts. Paul's thrown in jail, you know, and there's this great earthquake at night while he's singing and worshiping God along with Silas. And to me, that's a challenge. Why? Because if I get thrown in jail, I don't think there's going to be too many songs in my heart. 
I don't think that there's going to be a happy tune inside of me. I'm going to be complaining. I'm going to be asking for a lawyer. I'm going to be trying to see how do I get out of there. That was not Paul's situation. Paul, in the midst of that, what he was doing, he was singing to God. He was rejoicing. And the Bible says it was this great earthquake. The cells opened up. The chains that were in his hands, they fell down. And the jailer was about to kill himself because he thought everybody had run away. And Paul says, don't you dare kill yourself. We're all here. That was a great miracle that took place. That nobody escaped that moment. And that night in that jailer's house, that church of Philippi was birthed. Where the jailer, his wife, his kids, they all decided to get baptized like at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And this church was birth and and Paul had such a love for this church. Paul had a love for these people. The the book of Philippians is only four chapters. If you decide to sit down and read it, probably like in about 20 minutes, you read all four chapters. You'll be done with the whole book. Actually, it's, it's, it's so amazing because in four chapters, the word joy is mentioned 16 times. 16 times the word joy or rejoice, the name of the conference for the ladies, is mentioned, all right, in four small chapters that Paul writes here. And this whole theme of rejoicing or having joy, pay attention, is written by Paul while he's in another jail in another place. So he's in jail, things are not going good for him, and he's writing and telling the people, hey, I want you to have joy in the midst of what's going on. I don't know how he could have that perspective and that point of view when things are not going right for him and things are so difficult. Actually, back then, to be in jail was different than you and I being in jail right now. Because when somebody was in a Roman jail or in a Roman prison, you know what they used to do? They used to actually tie you up to one of the guards. So you had a shackle in your hand or in your foot, and then the other one was together to the guard. And they would shift every eight to ten hours. So you were never alone. You always had a person that was guarding you that was chained up together with you. And if you want to study the book of Philippians, by the way, and if you have the YouVerse app in your phone or your iPad, you could actually find Numa Church there now. All right, and this week, all right, I put a devotional based on the book of Philippians for 35 days. That's what I've been actually studying for uh, these days. So you can go your version, look for Numa, and you're going to see that that's the reading devotional that, that I chose for you for this month. So in the midst of all this that Paul is living, he writes these words in Philippians chapter 1. Let's dive into it. Philippians 1, verse 3 through 6. And look at what he says. He goes, every time I think of you, I give thanks. And I want you to stop for a moment right there. Paul is saying, every time I think of you guys, I give thanks. And the question that I have is, how can you even be thankful when you're in jail? How can you even be thankful when you're going through all these circumstances? And what I want to show you through this series is that you and I could have joy even in our worst days. That's what we're going to be talking about for these next weeks. That even when we go through circumstances and situations, and I want to tell you guys, we all have them. There's nobody here that is exempt from trouble. 
There's nobody here that is exempt from something happening, right? And I want you to know that when we go through them, we could go through them in a different way. We could go through those situations in a different way. So Paul says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make re my request for you, look at what it says, with joy. So he's praying for these people in this church. And you know what he's saying? I have joy in my heart when I pray for you. All these things are going on around me. But when I think of you, when I pray about you, there's joy in my heart. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work in you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Jesus, or when Christ Jesus returns. And that's a famous verse that a lot of us quote. I quote that a lot in prayer. That he who started the good work in you will perfect it till the day that Jesus Christ comes. And I want to tell you something. God is doing a work in you. He's doing a work in me. He's doing a work in all of us. And it's not finished yet. And a lot of times we get frustrated because we don't see what we want to see. A lot of times we get frustrated because of the circumstances and situations that we live. But I want to let you know, God gave him, allowed himself some time. You know what's the time that he allowed himself? Till the day that Jesus Christ comes back. <laughs> you know what that tells me? Oh, this is one for the long haul. So if you look at your husband next to you this morning, and you're like, boy, I've been trying to change this guy all my life. Well, I got news for you, honey. You're not going to be the one changing him, and God has allowed himself some time to work with that man right there. Husband, if you're here this morning, you're like, I don't know what to do with my wife. Well, one thing you're going to do, you're going to sign her up for that Rejoice Woman's Conference because I'm sure you can use a little bit more joy at home. Because you know that when your wife is not happy, oh, things at home are not happy. I always like to say, happy wife, happy life. Exactly. You guys know that verse? <laughs> you see, my wife, I told her, you know what? You're the thermostat of the house. You're the one that sets the temperature of what happens here. So God, who began the work in us, oh, he's going to perfect it. But it's going to take some time. He's going to be working. And in all these difficult circumstances, all right, Paul, okay, and I am convinced of this that I'm going to tell you, okay, he had something greater than happiness. Paul had something greater than happiness. Look over here. Our society is so much about pursuing happiness. There's even a movie called The Pursuit of Happiness. And I want to tell you something. There's much more than happiness. There's something greater than happiness. There's something more than the American dream. Oh, it's that I'm going to go to the U.S. and I'm going to buy a house and it's going to have a white picket fence and I'm going to have a pool in the back and I'm going to have a dog and I'm going to have three kids. Let me tell you, with all that stuff, you're still going to have trouble. With one kid, you're going to have trouble. You add three kids, you're going to have more trouble. And I had somebody talking to me the other day. They have a little one, and the little one's not letting them sleep at night. It's like, I don't know what to do with my kid. doesn't let us sleep, and I got to get up early the next day and go to work. And I'm like, little children, little trouble. Wait till your little children start growing up. Big children, big trouble. I told them, enjoy the sleepless nights. It's cool right now. They go wherever you want to take them. They eat whatever you want to give them. Later on, they're going to have an opinion about all that stuff. Parents, you guys know what I'm talking about. 
Some of you guys are laughing, but you guys know what I'm talking about. So we think everything's going to be cool, everything's going to be amazing, everything is going to be great. But what happens when you and I get wrecked? What happens when we get wrecked? What happens when things don't go our way? What happens when our American dream starts to shatter? Because I know some people that probably had some beautiful homes over there in Fort Myers next to the beach. We've driven down that Sanibel Causeway going to Captiva. You have these houses, probably the cheapest houses there might be like five or seven million dollars. And what happens when all of a sudden a storm named Ian just decides to come by and your American dreams gets shattered? What happens then? What happens to your life? Well, I want to tell you something. You could have something greater than happiness, and that is called joy. You could have something greater than happiness, and it's called joy. And before I really dive into this text and we study chapter 1 of Philippians, I want to do a little contrast between happiness and joy for you guys to understand, because sometimes joy is like something elusive, you know, it's sort of like a unicorn. It's like, well, you know, I really don't know what it is. I really don't understand what it is. I, I want to do a small contrast. For example, I, I want you to write this down. If you're taking notes today, all right, happiness is external. Happiness is external. Joy is internal. Happiness, all right, you're happy when the things outside are going good for you. Then you're happy. If the economy is going great, if your job is doing good, if you're good with your wife, then you're happy. But you know what happens? That all those things change quickly. They change quickly. So if I'm going to determine my life by what? By what is outside? Let me tell you something. I'm going to be in a roller coaster. I'm going to be up one day and I'm going to be down the next day. You see, Paul was somebody with authority to speak about this. Paul could speak about the difference between happiness and joy. Actually, if this is another study that you could do, 2 Corinthians 11. And, and Paul in 2 Corinthians 11, I encourage you to read this. Okay, he does sort of like a resume of the different things that he's gone through. And they're very different to the things that people in church go through nowadays. In other words, my experience as a Christian is very different than Paul's experience as a Christian here in 2 Corinthians 11. So he starts talking, and for example, he says, I've received those 39 lashes that Jesus received. You know that when Jesus was going to the cross, he received, you know, 39 lashes. He, he almost died of it. And Paul says, those 39 lashes, I received it five times. Imagine that. You're recovering from one when they're whipping you again. <laughs> You imagine how his back looked? It must have been crazy. Amen, my brother. He was beaten with rods. And then the Bible says that he was shipwrecked. He was shipwrecked. And, and he said that he spent the whole night and day in open sea, just floating around in some sort of piece of wood or something that he found in order to survive. And he finally makes it to an island. And when he gets to an island called Malta, he's freezing and he starts making a fire. And all of a sudden, when he's getting the wood for the fire, a snake comes out and bites him. You imagine about talking about a bad day? 
Imagine getting shipwrecked, floating around for one day. You finally got to a place, you're freezing, you're going to make a fire, and then a snake bites you. Like, hey, you know that the people that saw him, they go, this man's cursed. That's what they said about him. This man escaped the ocean, but the gods don't want him to survive. That was their conclusion. You know what? That would probably be my conclusion too. Man, this guy has some bad luck. (laughs) Things are going horrible for him. The Bible says that he was stoned. And I'm not talking about some of the stones that some of the people back in the 80s and 90s knew about. Like, hey, he found a little bit of comfort in that. No, that's not the stoning that I'm talking about. All right? They threw rocks at him. All right? And a couple of times they almost killed him because of, of those rocks that they threw. And then he goes on to write this in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Imagine this guy writing this. We don't lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away. Once again, the economy is going bad. They fired me from the job. My wife is mad at me. My kids don't want to talk to me. All these things. Outwardly we're wasting away. Yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. There's another dynamic that has to be going on inside of us. There's another dynamic that is going on inside. And I want to tell you something. It's bad if the outward dynamic and the inward dynamic is the same. Oh, we're in a mess if that's going on. But you know what? If the outward dynamic is kind of crazy, but I'm good in here, then it's all right. I could handle what's going on. Things are going to be all right. He says, for our light and momentary troubles, light. And momentarily, Paul, you're serious about this? What do you mean light and momentarily troubles? I mean, when I look at your life, Paul, it's been hard. And it's been long, (laughs) everything that's been going on to you. What do you mean light and momentarily? What he's saying is that the joy outweighs all the circumstances and all the situations that he's going through. He goes, all these things are achieving for us an external glory far that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen. In other words, if you and I live by what we see, we're going to go crazy because what we see changes every moment. All right. Every time you turn CNN and they say breaking news, by the way, they, 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 they ask CNN to change that. Last week, CNN is not going to use any more breaking news because everything was breaking news. And every time you see that, like, oh my God, something crazy. So if you go by what your eyes see, oh, it's going to be a mess. So Paul says, so we fix our eyes not on what we see, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. The next difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is based on circumstance. Joy is based on Christ. I want that to sink in a second. Happiness is based on circumstance. Circumstances, situations determine how you feel. Listen to this. The word, okay, for happy, okay, actually comes from the Latin word, Okay, for circumstance. Can you believe that? And the word circum, I'm going to give you a little bit, starts for circumference, 
what is around you. So, and then it's, listen to what I'm going to say, circumstance, the circle around you and where you're standing. That's the word for happiness in the land. In other words, whatever's surrounding me, that's what's going to make me joyful or not. And you know what's the problem? That everything around you changes all the time. Right now, you might be here and like, when is pastor going to be done? Man, if I would be in brunch right now in IHOP, I'll be happy. I'm sure you would. Maybe I'd be happy too. If you'd be at lunch, at br- at, no, I'm kidding. But listen to this, all right? Joy is based on Christ. What does that mean? That joy has nothing to do with your surroundings. Joy has to do with what Christ did on the cross and what Christ is doing in your life. That's what joy is based on. One of them, listen to this, two things, two things, guys, that Jesus will do in you. One is supernatural. What is that first one? He'll turn you into a new person. Jesus will turn you into a new person. And number two, okay, it's a natural thing. Okay, he wants to teach you some things. Jesus wants to teach you some things about life. Jesus wants to teach you some things of how to do things And that's called discipleship in the Bible. Jesus came to teach us a different way than the ways that we know. Because all we know what to do is survive. I need to survive. I need to go to work because I got to survive. I need to bring in the money. I need to bring the, the pay. We got to give food to the kids. We need to have a survival man, man, mentality. And that's what we do as human beings. And Jesus says, hey, 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 calm down, calm down, calm down. Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow's promise to no one. Worry about today. Let each day worry for itself. He came to teach us a different way. And I know that sometimes it's it's hard to see it up here. Philippians, going back to Philippians, and I'm going to skip real fast just to chapter 4, and then I'll come back to chapter 1. Philippians 11 The second part of the verse, it says, for I have learned. I have what? I have learned. It's not something that is natural inside of me, but I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I've learned to be content no matter what's happening. Because my joy doesn't depend on the things going outside. My joy is based on Christ. Another contrast between happiness Enjoy. Happiness happens by chance. Happiness happens by chance. Joy happens by choice. That's the problem with happiness. That is not up to you. It's up to your circumstances. It's up to the people around you. If they make you happy, then you're happy. If they gave you a gift, then you're happy because they thought that it was your birthday and they gave it. But if that doesn't happen, then what's going to happen? Your world crumbles. But joy is a choice. Say with me, joy is a choice. Why is this series called I Choose Joy? Because I want you to understand that you have the power today, right there where you're at, right there from home, to choose joy in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through. You decide to choose it. Actually, I mentioned before, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. You and I decide if we're going to let that fruit Determine the way that we're going to walk, that we're going to think, that we're going to act, the attitude that we're going to have. 
And I want to say this to you because this is very important. You have to be very careful of letting the things that you can't control, control you. You have to be very careful of letting the things that you can't control, control you. Because if you can't control them, how is that going to control you? But that's what we do all the time. We give up our control to those things. So Deuteronomy 30, verse 19 Look what the Lord says. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Listen to what the Lord says. Now choose. What does it say? Now choose. Now choose life. So that you and your children may live. So the Lord says, choose life. Stop choosing these old ways. You can't deal with them anyways. You can't change the situation anyway. Choose life. That's why this series is called I Choose Joy. So going back to Philippians 1, verse 9 through 11. Look what the Apostle Paul says. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing. What does he want you to do? Keep on growing. When you let circumstances determine, you know what? You're immature. You need to grow beyond that. You need to grow beyond that in knowledge and understanding. Once you know the truth, the Bible says the truth will set you free. The Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. You don't know these things, so you live in them. But today, guys, I'm giving you a different option of how to live and how to choose joy. For I want you to understand what really matters. Paul says, I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless life until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. I want to see fruitfulness in your life. Now, the other day we were in a training and we were talking, how many of you guys have little babies, like one or two or a couple of months old at home? Raise your hand. Everything that they do is cute. Everything they do is cute. I remember my little ones, you know, even when they would drink, you know, mom's milk and everything, and they would poop. The poop didn't even smell. The poop of a baby, it doesn't smell. It was cute. It's an infant. Everything they do is cute. And how about when they're trying to walk and they're holding everything and they're throwing things to the floor and they're breaking a couple of things and you're like, oh, it's cute. But if your kid is 16 years old, and it's still pooping in his pants. It's not cute anymore. If he's walking around and throwing things on the floor and breaking your TV control and breaking your iPhone and doing, it's not cute anymore. Why? Because there's certain things that are acceptable according to maturity, and there's certain things that are not. And Paul is saying, hey guys, it's time to mature. It's time to move on. Some of those things that you're focusing on, guys, those things are for infants. Now, come on, we got some other things that we got to work on here. There's some other things that, that, that we got to do here. We need to see fruit in your life. And he calls it the fruit of your salvation. The righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. So I want to share with you guys 
this morning. All this was an introduction. I'm going to preach to you guys in about 10 minutes. Because I want you to see the difference between happiness and joy and so that you can look in a mirror today and say, okay, how have I been living? But I, I want to give you, okay, guys, if you're going to choose joy no matter what, three things that I have for you today. Pastors always have three things. Well, these are the three things for today. Number one, write this down. Oh, this is an important one. If you want to have joy in your life, no matter what, stop asking why. Oh, that's a big one. This could be a whole series. And I'm going to tackle this in about three and a half minutes. <laughs> stop asking why. That's what the Apostle Paul would tell you and me if he was sitting here today. If you would be the guest speaker today at Numa Church, the Apostle Paul would tell you and me that we get stuck in our whys. And there's some things, guys, that I'm going to tell you that we're not going to have the answer to this side of heaven. I hope that when we get to heaven, okay, there's an, a question and answer session with the Lord. Anybody want that? I want to have a question and answer session with the Lord. I'm going to, oh, I have so many questions. And please, can you bring Adam? Adam, I need to talk to Adam. I'm going to be looking for that guy. If you want to know where I am in heaven, just go find where Adam is. I'm going to be looking for that guy. Oh, there's PC following this guy. It's going to be like a marathon. I'm like, bro, this guy got us in a big mess. But anyways, <laughs> you know who's another guy that I want to look for when I get to heaven? Noah. I want to look for Noah. And I want to ask Noah, Noah, when there was only two roaches and you had the opportunity to step on both of them before they got into the ark, why didn't you do it, Noah? We got rid of this big problem that I have. But he let them come in. I wonder where he put them in the ark. Anyways, that's another question. There's some questions that we have, church, that on this side of heaven, we're never going to have the answer to that. Tough questions. I'm having fun with it. But there's tough questions. Things that we go through, circumstances, situations. And, and, and then there's this myth about God. God never made the promise that things wouldn't be bad. I don't know where we got that as Christians. We got this idea that everything's going to be honky-dory. <laughs> that everything's going to be happy. Everything's going to be fine. Where did we get that from? Where's that theology from? Actually, in John 16, 33, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. So actually what Jesus is telling me is completely the opposite of what I'm looking for. I don't know too many people. Yeah, I know people that get verses and put them around their house. You know people like that? They get verses and put them on the refrigerator, on the wall, you know, stuff like that. I've never walked into any home that has this verse on the wall. In this world, you have trouble. You imagine that? You walk into the door. I'm like, oh, Jesus, get me out of here. But Jesus says something. Take heart. I have overcome the world. What he's saying is, in your trouble, I'm here to help you rise above your trouble. 
I'm here to help you rise above your trouble. And then going back to Philippians 1 verse 12, he goes, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, why are you in jail? Why have you been beating with these rods? Why have all these things, why did you get shipwrecked? Why have all these things happened? And he comes to this conclusion, he says, and what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Oh, what do you mean, Paul? You're not asking questions? You don't want to know why? Paul's saying, listen, there's some things, but I know that this has helped me continue advancing the gospel. Continue preaching your word. Continue reaching people that I, that I wouldn't reach because right now that I'm in this jail, there's some dude, okay, that is shackled up with me right now. And I've been preaching to this guy the whole time. And if I wouldn't be in here, there's no way I'd be preaching to this guy. But right now, he's about to get saved. So don't ask why. Because we're not going to get the answer most of the time. This leads me to the second point. Start asking what. Start asking what. Write that down. Start asking, Lord, what is your purpose with this? What is your purpose? What are you doing right now? What do you want me to do, God? Because I believe that God is up to something great, church. I really believe this with all my heart that something powerful is happening. And apart from his plan, I'm not going to get it. So what is it, Lord? What is it, Lord? And Paul understood it. He wrote this book of Philippians that we're reading today. And Colossians and all these other books. Listen to this because he was in jail. Because he was in jail, he had the time to write. Because if he would not be in jail, he would have been preaching. And we would have never had the time to write. But because he was in jail, okay, half of the New Testament that you and I have, were, it was penned by this man. Paul discovered, I want to lay this in front of you guys today, a new opportunity. Paul discovered a new opportunity. Every one of your bad days, church, is a new opportunity. Every one of your bad days, if you stop asking why, and you say, Lord, what is it you want me to do? What, 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 what's happening, Lord? What's happening? That is where you start to discover joy. And then verse 13 and 14, right there in Philippians 1. Worship team, you guys could come up. We'll do this with you guys up here. He goes, as a result, it has become clear. It has become what? It has become? Oh, hold on. As a result of all these bad things that are happening to me, it's become clear. I'm seeing some things that I didn't see before throughout this whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. He's saying, okay. All these crazy things have been happening in my life, but it's become clear to me, to all these people here, that I am in chains for Christ. And listen to what he says, and because of my chains, because I am going through this, most of my brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. 
He's saying, me being locked up in here has given boldness to all the other ones out there to say, you know what? If this was Paul's passion and he's locked up and he can't do it, so we're going to go out and do it. And they started preaching the word. And people started to come and, and to listen. Let me tell you something. This is a good attitude. We've been talking about attitude in a small group that I'm doing with some of the business leaders of our church. And this is the best attitude you could have. One time I heard somebody say, if they throw you lemons, make lemonade. <laughs> if they throw you lemons, make lemonade. In other words, make the best out of every circumstance. My wife loves to make lemonade out of lemons. Sometimes we go to restaurants and my wife asks for water, but lots of lemon. And I'm like, babe, is this your way of making a lemonade and not paying for it? <laughs> it's just squeezing lemons. You know what I'm talking about? I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> just ask for a lemonade. That water has so many lemons inside. <laughs> so when life throws you lemons, make lemonade. The attitude that you need to have. Mature disciples. Mature disciples say there's something good in this. There's something good in this, and I'm going to discover it. Romans 8.28 says, and we know. What does it say? And we know, and we know that all things God works for the good of those that love Him. We know all things. Pastor, but no, not all, not all. Is that this? I don't understand. All right, I don't understand it either. But the Bible says that all things work for the good of those that love him and have been called according to his purpose. And then Paul takes us to this last principle. And here's where we're going to land this plane today. I'm going to stop asking why. I'm going to start asking what. And then I have to change what I'm looking at. Yesterday, my son was in a basketball game and a kid made a three-pointer. When he made a three-pointer, he went like this. It's like, what in the world? And after I was there, like, what are you saying? I was like, bro, that I was focused on that. I was like, oh man, I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to shoot three-pointers. I'm going to be like, <laughs> focused. And Paul is telling us this. Refocus on what really matters. That's point number three. Refocus on what really matters. And the question is, what really matters? What really matters? Look at me for a second. We're going to close. Have you ever talked to somebody that is passing away? Somebody that they've told them that they have a few weeks to live or maybe about a month to live. Have you noticed what are the things that really start mattering to you? when you only have a few days to live? The closet that was never fixed, it's not a problem anymore. The project that you had for the attic in your house, you're not really thinking about that anymore. The person that, you know, you, you planned to visit and you were going to go on this vacation and spend that time, that's not important. When you get to that point where you only have a few days to live, all of a sudden the things that really matter come right here in front of you. That's when 
those things become important. And Paul is saying, if you want the secret to overcoming a bad day, you need to refocus your eyes on what really matters. So Paul's started that church in Philippi, and it's been about 10 years since he was last there. And in those 10 years as he was there, other pastors have risen up in different churches there in Philippi. And listen to what he says, what Paul talks about here. In Philippians 1, verse 15 through 18, he goes, It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel, that he's in jail for defense of the the former, okay, those that are preaching out of envy and rivalry, the former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But listen to what he says, but what does it matter? In other words, in our language, so what? So what if they're preaching out of a bad motive? What does that really matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. And yes, I will continue to rejoice. So here's the secret sauce. The secret sauce is to refocus on what really matters. And Paul's saying, hey, yeah, they might be doing it to compete with me. They might be talking bad about me. But you know what? I'm going to rejoice. Why? Because Christ is being preached and the objective is being done. So when bad circumstances happen, what do we need to do? Remember the kid that made the three-pointer? Just go like this. I'm going to refocus. I'm going to refocus. This Saturday coming up, church, Next Saturday, six days from now, we have a very important thing going on here at NUMA is our serve day. Once a year, all right, we do what is called serve day. The first Saturdays of the month, we always do outreach outings here in the community. But one time a year, we do a big event called serve day where we go and partner up with different organizations and people that we've been working with throughout the year. And this week coming up on Saturday morning, we have our serve day. And I have a list that I actually left down there. Right now at this present moment, we have 15 different serves that we could choose for Saturday morning. What does that mean, Pastor? That for three, four, five hours, you could go make a difference in different places. And I want to encourage all of you guys. As we finish the service today and you go outside, there's some tents that are out there. And it's today our serve day fair. What does that mean? That you could choose what are the places that you want to go serve. All the way, okay, from elderly homes. Speaking to those people. There it is. Thank you, babe. So wonderful. Can we give my wife a big round of applause? Baby, can you bring me the glasses too? Because I can't see this. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Rejoice. I say again, rejoice. Listen. Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't bring me the glass. I'm fooling around with you, baby. She takes it. She takes it serious. I love it. 
We're going to be partnering up with different organizations. By the way, the first one, we put it to really scare you. All right, it says Florida Planned Parenthood. No, we're not working with Planned Parenthood. That's a mistake. All right, it's like, Pastor, what are you doing? No, but actually we have people that want to adopt children. They're actually going to be coming into our facility, okay, to do the process of adoption. And we're going to have about 30 families walking into our kids' building that do not know the Lord, do not know anything that we believe. We can serve them. We can serve the children that are going to be adopted into that family. So that's one of the serves. There's elderly homes that we're going to be going to to sit with them. I don't even know when is the last time that maybe one of their family members went to visit them. I remember when my dad was sick in the hospital, there was this gentleman that had been living in Mercy Hospital for two years. And the nurse told me, this gentleman has been here for two years and not once has somebody come to visit him. We have Thanksgiving dinner with him. We have Christmas dinner with him. We have Father's Day with him. We don't even know if he has a family. And you know, that's, that's some of the condition of some of the people in these elderly homes. You could go and sit down with them, read them a scripture, pray with them. We have about three of those elderly homes here. We have hammocks, police. We have the fire department right here. On one side of it, we're going to take them lunch. And we've already coordinated all this with them. We're going to go and spend some time. They want us to go and pray for them. Isn't that an amazing opportunity to serve our service people right here in this community? We're going to be sharing the gospel in the Home Depot parking lot, farm shares, food distribution, downtown, uh, speaking and serving food to the homeless. There's so many things that are going on. And I want you to choose one. And there's another one, Fort Myers. All right. Today, we're going to start a collection, okay, of the items that are going to appear here on the screen. You might want to take a picture of this. All right. Next week, all right, there's a group that's going to be going to Fort Myers. Now, I don't have big enough space for everybody, all right, but if you want to go, there's going to be a list out there, and you can sign up for that group, all right? I partnered up with a church over there called the Live Church, spoke to the pastor, and they're ready to receive us, and we're going to be giving out food and, 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 and car drives, a group of guys that could go and help put tarps and roofs of houses, help break uh, and, 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 and do some work of getting mold out of some of the houses. So it's great work to do next week in Fort Myers. So church, what am I trying to tell you? This is what I'm trying to tell you. That as we refocus on the things that are important to God, all of a sudden, those whys that we have in our life start to fade away. And we start to see great purpose of God in us and what he wants to do through us. So this morning, as we conclude, I want to read one last scripture to you. And this is, I, I titled it, Ultimate Joy. Say with me, Ultimate Joy. Say with me, Ultimate Joy. Because if we do these three things that I spoke to you about today, You'll have ultimate joy. And this is what Paul learned to live. Philippians 1 verse 21. He says, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. In other words, you can't mess me up. Or you try to put me in prison. Oh, I'm going to preach to this guy that's here next to me. Oh, Paul, we're going to kill you. Oh, that's perfect, man, because I'm going to finally be with Jesus. Like, how do you deal with somebody like that? You can't. The enemy goes crazy with somebody like that. 
And this morning you might be here in this room and you don't know Christ the way that I'm explaining him to you. That Christ that Paul knew, that Christ that gives you this joy, that Christ is here today. And that Christ wants to come into your life. And that Christ wants to give you a new opportunity in this life. That Christ, Jesus, lived the perfect life that you and I couldn't live. So that you could come into relationship with God. And as you come into relationship with God, you become a son or daughter of God. And you start to follow Jesus. Say, follow Jesus. Say, follow Jesus. Jesus is asking you the same thing he asked his disciples 2,000 years ago. Will you follow me? Will you come after me? And as you come after him, you know what? Things will start to change in your life. Things will change. The perspective will start to change. Something will start happening in here. But you got to come to Jesus. That's the first step. You need to follow him. And right there where you're at, I want you to put your things to the side for a moment. And I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to listen to the words of this song right here. And in a moment, I'm going to give an invitation to all those that today might be the day that said, you know what? I want to follow Christ. I want to go after him. Just close your eyes. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin, Jesus is called. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's mistakes come today there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling bring your sorrows and trade them for joy from the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling oh
This morning, I want to give you the opportunity to come to Christ. You see, it's not about perfection. It's about who he is and what he did for you. And if today you say, you know what? I want to come to Christ. I want to follow him. And I want him to produce all these things, Pastor, that you've been talking about in this message inside of me. Because, boy, I could use some joy. Oh, I could use some peace. Christ is the only one that could give you that. So if that's you today, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and I want you to make this prayer with me. Right there with your eyes closed in church, you guys are going to help me in this prayer. You're going to say with me, Lord Jesus, today I invite you into my life, and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, from this moment on, I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. Lead me into a relationship with my heavenly father and fill me with your Holy Spirit and use me for the purpose that you have for my life. Thank you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord this morning. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.